0: Good morning, Novation family, Uh, coming, Pastor Scott, coming to you via our basement into your living room or or wherever you find yourself this morning. Um, I miss you, I love you, I can't wait to be able to meet together and um, when, when all this is over and just, you know, wanting to continue though, this meeting together, continuing to connect with one another, if we have to do it this way, this is the way we're going to do it. But also connecting with God and, and connecting with His Word and worship and prayer and try to give a sense of, of normal in this new norm that we find ourselves in. It's been difficult, but I'm hearing story after story of people looking out for one another, caring for one another. If you're watching this this morning and you're a bit disconnected um, from the church and this is your only connection. man. we'd love to have you connect more. Um, uh, you can be in a virtual home group or put a prayer request in. We're trying our best just to make sure everyone uh, feels connected. So if you're not in a home group and you need someone to talk to, whatever it is, please reach out and know that you're loved and being being prayed for uh, consistently. I was talking to a friend of mine this This past week, and he made the statement, he said, we're all in the same storm, but different boats, right? This is affecting people in different ways. Um, And made me think of in that statement, though, uh, you know, I don't know if I've told you this lately or not, but we were in Israel last March, ha ha ha, and uh, we were on the Sea of Galilee on a boat. It was very calm, beautiful day. But there's several stories in the Gospels about the disciples who were fit most were fishermen being out on a, on a boat and having a, a storm without warning, you know, show up and just scare the daylights out of them. One time Jesus, when that happened, he came walking to them on water and he was demonstrating to the disciples um, his power and who he was and that he could be trusted. Another time, Jesus was actually in the boat with the disciples when the storm hit, and Jesus was actually asleep while this was happening, and they thought they were going to die. And I think, you know, the invitation of Jesus is, hey, invite me into your boat. (laughs) Whatever boat you find yourself in, in the middle of this storm, invite Jesus to come in, because as we see in the Gospels, Jesus calmed the storms and, and just one word spoken. And he can do that to each one of us. I've been asking him to do that for me and for all of us. So this morning we're going to continue in this series that we've been doing during our, our, our online services called Invested, where we're looking at the reality when it comes to our lives and taking in particularly what we have in our time, talent, and treasure, and and that we can do one of three things. we can waste. Time, talent, and treasure, we can spend it or we can invest it. And over and over, we see Jesus inviting us to invest our lives into what matters most to Him. And He gives us this promise to reward us in this life, but in the life to come, for sure, we are going to see an eternal reward for how we lived our lives. And investing is an important word because we invest to get a return on our investment. And so Jesus invites us to do that. And if Jesus offers rewards, as I've been saying, I want them, and so should you. And so we're taking his invitation to that. So we talked about our time the first week. Last week, we talked about our talent. And this week, we're going to talk about our treasure. And as I was praying through this, I was like, is this the right message right now? What do people really need to hear? Because these messages were put together uh, weeks before this crisis happened in our world, and I look back and I think, God, you were really sovereign in this. Because there might be an elephant in your living room that I'd like to just tackle right now. That you know, I want to be vulnerable with you, in because I'm approaching this with two uh, trepidations. Um, the, the first one is is could be. Geez, Scott, uh, people are losing their jobs, and and uh, look at the stock market and the economy. Whatever, do we need to be talking about, you know, money and treasures right now? And I want to be sensitive to that because I have the utmost compassion for what's going on in, in people's lives. But again, I believe God was sovereign in this; He wasn't caught off guard by what was going to happen. We were, and I'm sure you were. We all, all were. So um, but I believe God has a, a word for you regarding you know, finances, treasure in your life, and what to do right now, how to how to live biblically more than ever when it comes to our finances. The second tre- trepidation I had was, I feel very underqualified. I'm not a financial planner or a financial you know guru by any means. But as I was praying again about that that trepidation, I, I thought, Maybe I am qualified, at least um, for us common folk listening that that aren't financial gurus, in that I believe with all my heart what the Bible teaches about money. I believe with all my heart, and and we have lived these principles that I'm going to teach you on how to invest your treasure into what matters most to Jesus, and why and how to do that. So my, my, I really, in praying and seeking some counsel of others, felt like this is the right word in, in the right season. Because here's, here's the, the, an important fact, that it's too late to prepare for what has already happened, right? But it's not too late. To prepare for the future. It's not too late to prepare for the next time something happens and to take these principles and, and take them to heart and, and put it in, into practice. Um, I really feel like, you know, it's obviously not a time for anybody to hear, I told you so or, or whatever, to feel condemnation or any of that. It's, it's a time for compassionate direction from God's word. And that's that's his his compassion that he has for us, my compassion for all of us, because we're we're all affected by this to some degree. Now, Jesus had a lot to say about money and, and generosity in general and 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 finances and in resources, because Jesus He knows that. How you and I see our finances, how we see finances in general, how we see money, how we see resources, how we see treasure, so to speak, is a window into our life. It's a window into our hearts. And so that's why Jesus talked a lot about this. He says this in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. When it comes to money and possessions, our treasure, as we're calling it today, we can spend it, waste it, worship it. Let's be honest, some people do worship money and possessions. Or the right thing, and the thing Jesus is calling us to, is to manage and invest it for an eternal return. Um, We really are just stewards, managers of God's money, um, someone in our congregation—you um, know who you are—told me the story about how um, they used to spend money and not not manage their own personal finances very well. But when they had the aha moment that it's this is all God's resources, uh, they said, I, "I can I can manage somebody else's stuff. It's my own stuff. I have a hard time." You know, taken care of, and I thought that's a good, good illustration, a good way of looking at it. We're managing everything that's God's. God has given us resources so that we can have food on the table, that we can have our daily bread. He's given us resources to share and be generous with others, and to fulfill His purposes here on the earth. So, there's many ways we could look and and, and study. Uh, how this process of earning a living and an income and what do I do with it, we could come from. But what I really want to focus on is how do we maximize our treasure? Even though today maybe some of you feel like, you, Man, I don't have anything. I lost my job. What am I going to do? There's still principles that are here for each one of us, whether we feel like we're in a good place or we're in a bad place. Because I think over the next you know, period of time that as things unfold, there's going to be people who crush it, so to speak, and there's people that are going to feel crushed. And God meets us right where we're at. And I believe he has a word for us. When we think of maximizing, and and it's that return on our investment, the the, the stock market, you, you invest to get a return. When it comes to Jesus, he says how we handle time talent and treasure will get a return on that investment in in one of the parables about the talents which which was talents was was a form of, of money uh, Jesus told a story about a, a manager gave uh, three people a set of talents in the long story short um, two of them invested their talents and the manager said well done and one just buried his in the ground and, and got rebuked for that. But the two that invested their talents, they, they, they were told, well done, good and faithful servant. And I know we all want to live for that, to hear from the Lord. Well done, good and faithful son. Well done, good and faithful full daughter. So how do we do this? The first thing I would say is take inventory. Take inventory of where you're at where is your resources where is your treasures right now we're told in proverbs 27 he, he says be sure you know the condition of your flocks be care, give careful attention to your herds for riches do not endure forever now the wisdom from that is is when there's you know in the bible times when this was written having herds having you know, animals that you own was considered value. it was that was the stocks man, <laughs> literally that people had. and so he's saying, "Watch out so the people aren't stealing or you're losing or know if your animals are sick or are they well and, and all of that. And I think for us to look at our financial house, so to speak, this is eye-opening times for all of us to say, man, how, how have I been doing in managing?" the resources that God has put into my life. I would say one question to ask is, what do I own? And it's it's looking at your income, and it's looking at, you know, your house maybe, your car. What do you own? What do you have in savings? What do you have right now that's a, a resource? And then secondly, what do I owe? You know, what are your bills that, that have to be paid? Um, and, and just kind of get a, a picture of where you're at instead of throwing your hands up and thinking, man, this is too much. Really take time to, to take an inventory. You might need help doing that. There are very, very good and smart people within our church that would, would be you know, willing to help you take that inventory if, if you need it. So again, re- reach out, and we'd be glad to, to get you in contact with those folks, you're gonna get some resources as well throughout this message that maybe you can take on yourself personally. But where do you wanna be? Where do you wanna be financially in the future? Where do you wanna be on the other side of this? And I get it, there's extremes on, on both sides, but I would say this, are you willing to do the hard things? Are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to make changes? That's the most important first step is if I'm seeing scary things happen right now, what do I need to do? Am I willing to do what it takes to get where I need to be? And again, not a I told you so, but compassionate direction um, for us to grow in our understanding of managing God's treasures and maximizing it for uh, future eternal rewards in heaven. Um There's a picture that's going to come on the screen of of how much is enough because there's only five uses of money. You have your income and then you can do five things with money. You can give it away. You're going to pay taxes. You need, there's saving and investing. There's going into debt. And then there's our lifestyle, the things that we do with our money what do i value where do i i i spend my money now i think for a lot of us this and and i think as a world as a country as a city as a church as individuals this is an opportunity for a reset on the values of our treasures it's an opportunity for a reset on really what's most important my amazing wife Janelle and I um, were praying at the end of last year going into this year about the f- saving for the future and and where really, t- we took a, a, an inventory of, of w- what do we have, what do we own, and where do we wanna be in, in the future. And um, I, I think for, for all of us taking time to do that, this is, this is causing us to take that inventory. So the second thing, And we're probably, you know, one of the most no-brainer, yet most difficult things for people to do is don't spend more than you make. Commit to not spend more than we make. That's not easy to do in our Western American society, right? Um, But yet we're going to have to do that moving forward. In Ecclesiastes 5.11 it says the more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? Now, how do we learn to not spend more than we make? Because this is the, the first discipline that we really have to put into practice is develop a budget, like create a budget. And a budget is you telling your money where it's gonna go versus your money telling you what you're gonna do with it. And a budget is is just an itemized list of your bills, uh, things you have to pay, your income, your bills, and where you want that money to go, what's necessary, what's discretional. And so right now, we're all, if you haven't been living in a budget, it's forcing a budget. When things go, we don't have as much um, coming in or whatever in, in the way the economy is. And, and a budget helps you live within your means. One of the most important things all of us can do, after we take an inventory and how we take inventory, and then learn to not spend more than we make, is record every penny that you spend. Where did, where did it go? And where and what did I spend my money on? And you might be shocked at, at the end of the of a month where you where you realize how much you've. You spent money on something that you, you could actually live without. And the problem in this, it immediately creates every uh, relational strife in marriages, etc., where people have different values when it comes to money. One of the number one things married couples fight over is the value of money. Um, the husband might have a value to spend money on this, and the wife doesn't see the value. And vice versa, the wife has, sees a value on where to spend money, and he's going, why are we spending money on that? So that's where everybody, couples, families, come together and, and, and be open and honest and loving towards each other. Don't let financial struggles win in relational strife. It's one of the number one reasons people argue is over money. Then I would say this, um, avoid credit if you can um, Proverbs 22 verse 7 says that the debtor is slave to the lender. There's a, a link to a website that I want to give you from compass1.org. Within that link, when you click on it, there'll be a list of resources, budget plans, outlines that you can do on your own to learn how to, how to not spend more than you make. And parents in families, man, disciple your kids now in the area of money. Um, That's not a whole lot of people take the time to learn how to manage their money. But if you can teach biblically these principles that we're talking about, young people, you will save yourself a world of headaches in the future if you learn now how to do the simple things. One of the most, you know, rule of thumb a lot of people have lived by. Um, you go back you know, hundreds of years back to even John Wesley. Um, he, he, I remember him being the first Christian to say, uh, save 10%, give 10%, and live on the other 80%. And that's just a rule that's kind of been passed down from generation to generation that keeps your financial home stable and, and, and doing the right things with being a steward of God's money. The third thing that we will see in scripture is to strive to be generous. Now generosity is a way of life. It's not just finances. It's, it's being generous with our, our lives. You got to realize God is generous. God created the world and people to share himself, to share his world to share everything that is His. And so He wants people to be generous with their lives as well. And we as followers of Jesus who follow the most generous Savior, uh, we need to strive to be generous in, in every area of our life. Sometimes you're your seeing it in, in this crisis, a scarcity mentality. I mean, let's let's We've how many memes have you seen on social media regarding toilet paper? Because everybody went out when they heard the news of what was going to happen, and they buy every roll of toilet paper in every King Supers and Costco and there in between. And it's it's a scarce that uh oh we're going to run out. We're going to run out. That's a scarcity mentality. God is an abundant God, and God has promised abundance to his people to share himself to share his very life and so to have an abundant mentality is when I'm generous with God's stuff that God is always abundant to 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 give what we need to give daily bread to give all the things that are necessities for life God is, has promised and we take care of one another through that but I, I think Striving to be generous in this sense, we're talking about treasure, we're talking about money. Um, it is an important principle that we find in Scripture. In Malachi 3, it's one area that God, when it comes to your your resources, your treasure, that God says to test him, to test him in, that He will, as we, be generous and do what he says to do with our finances, he'll open the windows of heaven, of of blessings. I'm definitely not saying the health and wealth gospel or give to get or any of that. But you, I bet you, (laughs) you talk to anybody, a tried and tested follower of Jesus, that when you do what God says to do concerning your treasures, and 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 tithing and 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 being generous with your resources, God just shows up. And I've seen it in my life, and I've seen it in many many others who can who who will, will share that you know. And when I practice these principles, God always shows up for me. And and I, I'm running the risk here, sounding like a pastor who's who's desperate. And I know sometimes people hate that, like pastors are just begging for money. That's not at all my motivation right now. My trust is in God for His provision. I practice this principle because God says to do it. And I want to be I'd be generous with everything that I have, but also in, in giving back to the church resources that we have, finances back to the local church. When, we, when Malachi talks about bringing the tithe into the storehouse, I think it could be easily a, a New Testament picture of making the local church continue you know to flourish so that ministry continue to happen and on the other side of this we're going to have people eager to flock the local church I believe that um, and so whether Novation is your home or not, keep giving to to the local church the Apostle Paul, when he, he writes to the to the church at, at Corinth, and the Corinthian church, you know, were, were was a church that he planted in, in in Corinth in Greece, and he's writing them and he's telling them about these churches in Macedonia who were in their own financial crisis, in poverty, how they wanted to continue to give into what mattered most to God, and that was that the gospel continue to go forward, and so my my. Encouragement would be don't pull back um, in in this area. we got to keep funding and helping missionaries that are spreading the gospel throughout the world as well. Here's what Paul says. He says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they ex- exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part but since you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you see that you also excel in this grace of giving the word grace can be defined as the power to do what you could never do on your own and When you have an abundance mentality that as you give, you know God keeps providing, um, then that's grace that causes that to happen. God will give us all the power to do what we could never do on our own. When it comes to being generous to the local church, I think there's um, three things to to think about. Give consistently. Uh, The church has... You know, ministry to continue to do, and so if you normally, since we're not meeting together in in, in person, if you normally bring um, your offering, you know, in person, I would encourage you again to to give online during this season, uh, or you can you can mail it in to the church. Either way, but that consistent giving is is important. Consistent giving is also important. Um, for you as well because it helps you manage your money again and again talking about you know tithes and offering and, and consistency that's not for 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 me or any of the staff at Novation it's for you a principle that whether you go to Novation or not it's it's part of your discipleship unto Jesus and so I was thinking about this it's never going to be equal amounts when it comes to generous Giving, but there should be equal participation. There should be equal participation for everybody. Uh, my, the second thing is you know, generous giving. Give generously. Uh, Jesus equated or, or summarized generosity in the story of the the lady that gave the widow's mite. You know, Jesus was at they were at the temple and they were watching people bring large sums of money into the temple treasury so that the priests could continue to do their ministry and so forth. And people were given large sums of money, but then Jesus watched this little lady put in one little small coin, what they called a, a mite. And she was a poor widow. And Jesus said, those people gave out of their abundance. She gave everything that she had. I'll never forget the thought hit me when I read that, that Jesus measures generosity by what's left over for me at the end. Abundance versus scarcity. And then there might be opportunities for you to give spontaneously, not just to the local church, but to people that are, you know, boots on the ground, so to speak, things that that need resources. So continue in your life to to. To be generous in every area of that, and then fourthly, another uh, biblical principle when it comes to to finances is to save for the future. And I I know we're thinking, yeah, yeah, that'd be I wish I would have. And again, compassionate direction. If you're in a tough, tough spot right now, still learn to put something aside. It says in Proverbs twenty one. 20. The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And then Proverbs 13.11. Wealth from get-rich schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. For most of us, this isn't life as usual when it comes to finances. But a biblical principle, a practical no-brainer, don't spend more than I make, and learn if it's... (laughs) If it's a couple bucks, whatever it is, learn how to put something aside and save for the future. And then the last point I want to make is enjoy what God has given you. Don't worry about what you don't have. Enjoy what God has given you. Learning to be in this season where we're at, where a lot of people are are working from home, staying home, um, you're probably discovering treasures that you forgot you had. The little things in life that are free, the little things in life that don't cost money, the relationships, the time together, man, enjoy that. Because life probably will go back to some, you know, full speed again. Discover the treasures that you forgot you had, or discover treasures that you didn't even know that you had. It says in Ecclesiastes 6 9, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. What well, you know what I get from that? Is contentment. Contentment is such an important part of our lives when we're when we're centered on on the lord when we're walking in the spirit when we're abiding in jesus there's just this feeling of contentment that lord you truly are all that i need lord you've given me everything that i need for life and for godliness and lord i can walk in contentment not freaking out about what i don't have or what i might not have in the future and that is so my heart's prayer for us that We, as uh, as people, would, and his followers, would find that in the middle of of this storm because there's power in contentment. The Apostle Paul from a prison cell is writing the the Philippian church. And he he tells them, he says, you know what, I've learned the secret of contentment. I've learned what it means to, to, to be in plenty and to be in want, to be hungry and to be well fed. And he said, the secret of that is, is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a verse that's often misquoted because it's really, I can I can live in any circumstance because it's Christ in me. It's It's I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Therefore, I can be content and not worry about the past, not worry in the present and not worry about the future. It's contentment is the fruit of true trust and faith in the Lord. People who are in plenty and people who are in want ultimately have the same problem, and that's discontentment. Because when we're in plenty, we, we want the bigger, better deal, the next thing, etc. When we're in want, we think we need something in order to be happy. We need to learn to enjoy the things that God has given us, even past this crisis, even when jobs are restored and, and, and the, sh- the ship gets righted, so to speak, um, regardless of what happens, learning that secret of contentment. And how do we do that? Scripture hit me when I was thinking about this, and it's Isaiah 55, first few verses of Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come, and hear, hear me that your soul may live. Man. That's an invitation from God to enjoy him an invitation into contentment the old statement that we've we've heard before that uh, it, you never um, you never will know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have and we all are you know go through difficulties and remember invite Jesus into <laughs> the boat you find yourself in this morning. Let's continue, you know, as the body of Christ to care for one another. Let's continue to be invested time, talent, and treasure into what's most important to Jesus. And my prayer would be, you know, that you would take these biblical principles and that you would begin right now to put into practice to do Make the changes that need to be made. Take an inventory of, of what's going on. And again, if um, if you need, you know, we're not professional in any of this, but you can, we got people who who have gifts and talents and maybe some time right now. That if you want somebody to help take an inventory, um, that's important. But let's continue to stay connected. Um, the prayer Thursday. At 9:30, virtual prayer. That's been good, happening on a, a weekly basis. Hearing from home groups and and people being connected again. If if you're if you're not, you don't feel connected. And this not being able to even come to churches has uh, made that even more. Then uh, reach out, and we're doing our best to take care of one another, continue uh, to pray for one another, and I'm going to close this morning with prayer. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your sovereign hand upon our lives. Lord, I pray for those this morning that are hurting, that are getting bad news, that are struggling and, and have challenges, Lord. Um, thank you for the power to do what we could never do on our own. Thank you for loving us so deeply, God. May um each one of us recognize your presence in our, our daily life and the things that we're, we're going through. Lord, give grace, mercy, and peace and joy. Lord, we want to live invested in what you invested and in what's most important to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings, Novation family.